welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I think that now we can move on from yesterday and continue to just talk about music, art, and film, and how it brings us all together. Personally, I had a moment over the weekend. I was hanging out with a friend. It was our first time meeting, and we were eating sushi and talking about music. And the gentleman who was serving us, he was talking to me as I was paying the bill and said, I really liked your guys' conversation. Are you a musician? And I said, no, I wish. And he was going to go to Coachella, and I thought, oh, that's so cool. And see, that's, that's what I try to do on this podcast, is to bring people together, talk about things that we, you know, have a commonality of music and film, art and music. I mean, I don't talk about art as much on the show as I would like to. But I have expressed over over the years that some of my favorite artists include Salvador Dali and Frida Kahlo and Pablo Picasso and Van Gogh and um, Magritte. And, I mean, there, there's just a whole list. And how it fits within the pantheon of film and music. Watching those Oscar-nominated films, I, I will tell you, they were, e- each one had something for the viewer. Whether you like them or not, I, I noticed that, is that if you look at something like CODA, and that brought us into a world that many of us are not familiar with, and then drive my car, and how even thousands of miles away, our commonality of dealing with grief dealing with social acceptance it's it's a universal thing whether there's subtitles or not and then something like Belfast here we are we're living in this this crazy time and people are fighting and have refugees and you look at something like Belfast right there and then Dune which is an old story sci-fi 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 is such a universal you either love it or you hate it (laughs) I grew up watching Doctor Who so I know all about sci-fi I love it I'm still watching Nightmare Alley Um, it's interesting so far it's an ensemble cast and People were probably, you know, asking how come the cast wasn't nominated because when you have an ensemble, now the SAG Awards have done that. They have an ensemble category. When you're doing an ensemble, really, then those are the supporting players. And so you really can't just pick a lead out of them. (sighs) Yeah. So the awards are over. Next weekend is the Grammys and I have my own take on that. And Sometimes it's just good not to talk about things like that. (laughs) I think music at the end of the day is so sacred and so special that an award, if you think about it, sometimes it doesn't need an award. Sometimes just loving the record itself is the merit. Many of the records that I've loved throughout the years didn't win Grammys. 
Deftones. They're finally nominated again after 21 years. Uh, what's another one? Tool. Tool. What's funny about Tool is they've won Grammys, but the it's like oh okay, okay. It's not it's it's not really something that they strive to do. I mean, their albums are known for the packaging, for the Sonics, but it's not something that they set out to do. Oh, we're gonna make a Grammy-winning album. I don't think they set out to do that. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's that yeah. That's why it's kind of it's kind of um, uh, a hit and a miss. This week, I, in fact, I just got a notification. Meshuggah is putting out a new album. I, I pre-ordered the, the CD and the vinyl, and so I'm, I'm looking for. I love Meshuggah. That that's that's just intensity. And there's and there's a spiritualism of the sonic intensity of that, all the way back to you know Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin. And um, when I, when I talk about music with friends, I always I always stress the blues because all this beautiful hard rock that we love rock and roll it all comes from the blues you wouldn't have that if it wasn't for people like robert johnson and muddy waters and, and um, uh, john lee hooker and, and howlin wolf and buddy guy and, uh, junior wells yeah it's fascinating it's fascinating i really don't have a film to talk about today i mean i think i've watched so many <laughs> I watched eight of the ten nominees for Best Picture. And like I said, each one had something for their audience. Uh, I liked Coda. I think universally and message-wise, that's why it won, but it was not my favorite of the year. And that, and that's the other thing. Whether it wins or not, what all that matters is is that what you take away from it I think because everyone is so obsessed with what the industry has to say you know um, yeah those awards are over <laughs> next, next weekend is, a, is it the music ones and so yeah for me I love the classic films because it's like snuggling up in a nice warm blanket and you get to watch these films of people from uh, an era that is bygone and film noir and classic cinema back then they didn't say they didn't call those romantic films rom-coms they were just films they were comedies or they were screwball comedies something like the Philadelphia story The Awful Truth, My Man Godfrey. It was about making your audience laugh. And and the classic stars were able to connect through comedy and drama. That right in, in today's era, that's it, it's not the same. I mean, the one person that I think could pull it off was the late Robert Will, uh, Robin Williams is to be able to do comedy and then do drama and move your audience. Let them know that you're with them. 
that you're connecting to them on a universal level. It doesn't matter where you're living. It doesn't matter what you represent. Is that if you connect to that film, uh, I loved. Uh, I always talk about the American Film Institute and those films that I really educated me and the actors talking about those films that they love. I mean, hearing. Morgan Freeman, whom I absolutely love, talking about High Noon and the, and and just his affectations of he's like Gary, he's like Gary Cooper, High Noon, woo wee, oh yeah, or Michael Keaton talking about James Cagney and the energy that James Cagney conveyed, or uh. Lily Tomlin talking about Jean Harlow, you know, how Jean Harlow was this blonde bombshell, but she was spitfire tough. She was a comedian. She could hold her own with the audience and the comedians, you know, whether it was Clark Gable or William Powell or even in Dinner at Eight. Dinner at Eight, which is really such a really cute ensemble. Great actors. You got Marie Dressler and, um, you have uh, John Barrymore and um, Lionel Barrymore, as well as uh, Billy Burke. Billy Burke, who very famously played Glinda the Good Witch in The Wizard of Oz. That's another thing. The Wizard, the Wizard of Oz. You think about that. It it had a, a larger life on television because you were able to watch it in the privacy of your home as a child and and as an adult whenever wizard of oz would come on i would i would get excited because i thought okay this is what it's about and that's why i do this this podcast is to talk about film and to talk about music and art and this commonality that we all have and those who are still learning it and and i think that's a beautiful thing to kind of see an aha moment with people who are just getting into classic films or a particular piece of music I'd like to thank those of you who listened to I I did a brief uh, tribute to Taylor Hawkins on Saturday well Friday, early Saturday and I got a lot of hits and that's the power of music is that we all, we're all in it together we're all mourning him together and, and how much the music means to all of us this beautiful music that is so forming and, and yeah that's a, that's a testament to these artists that we lose you know and if they're not mentioned in in the memoriam it's like oh, okay because in our hearts they're forever there i think i think acknowledgement is an interesting piece and it is a piece and especially when it comes to an award show uh, and i'll personally tell you i thought that in memoriam was just poorly put together <laughs> it's like okay well, what are you gonna do Huh? What are you going to do? So, here we are. Classic films have such a power to convey. And the one film that 
would recommend to all of you is Gregory Peck and the Gunfighter. I'm holding a copy of it right now, and I'm looking at it. As Gregory Peck, it was uh, directed by Henry King. came out in 1950. It's a classic film. Beloved. So, the Oscars are over. Who knows for good, maybe. Who knows? Like I said before, uh, my theory about that is, why don't they just create an app so you can watch the Oscars on the app? Because you're making a lot of money off of apps. And if the Oscars would move into the 21st century, yeah. Think about that. I'm sure they have. And I'm, and I'm sure it's like, no... We, we want to stick to our bread and butter. <laughs> <coughs> so. Before we go tonight. I thought, hey. Let's play a little something. Because this is Monday. Mondays are such a interesting time if I could wow you all for a moment legendary performer who is being acknowledged and yes 50 years ago she put out a film and it became a classic she comes from a family of performers and artists. Jesus, and here we go. What do you think of this? I dyed my hair black and cut the point in it. He went, it's great, but what if I had the blonde? I said, oh, I need blonde. <laughs> because I was so into her. You know, she needed to be special. She needed to be special. Jeffrey Unsworth was our cameraman, who was, I think, one of the best cameramen in the world. He, and again, it was a look that you couldn't explain to anybody. Because they'd say, well, what kind of filter? You'd say a 4G? You mean, what do you do? You know, <laughs> but it had to look like it was. As if we were there. And that's why he copied their actual poses from paintings in the movie. You know, you look at this, the guy who's combing his hair behind the bar, and then the three people sitting like this. Those were paintings. And he shot them. And he got the lighting and the feel of the look from those paintings, the German Impressionists. And that's where that came from. And that's Liza Minnelli talking about her Oscar-winning role.
Cabaret, 1972. And I bring that up because last night, everyone, you know, got their, oh, celebrating the 50th anniversary of The Godfather, celebrating 28 years of Pulp Fiction, celebrating 30 years of White Man Can't Jump. And I thought, whoa, wait a minute. What about the 50th anniversary of Cabaret? And they didn't announce that, but you know who did? Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga not only supported Liza Minnelli, but she was there for her. And she said, I got you. And Liza said, I know. Thank you. That's what it's all about. Are the connections. The connection of these different generations, Liza Minnelli and Lady Gaga. Two ecstatic or internationally loved performers, two Oscar winners. I'm not big on remakes, but if anyone could remake Cabaret, it would be Lady Gaga. Because she knows the essence of it. She knows the jazz. Just like Liza knows the jazz. And so that's really how we're all universally connected. And I think Liza and Lady Gaga doing that at the end of the ceremony was very profound. And yeah, some people I'm sure were stunned. Liza is in a wheelchair. But Liza was determined, as you could see, to go up there and announce Best Picture. And I think for me that that's the moment of the night. Is these two musical giants who are Oscar winners can unite and I loved it Uh, Lady Gaga the way she was very caring to Liza almost like a mother-daughter relationship right there yeah And, and that's why I do this film podcast is our connections our connections to music and film and art and everything I think that's why so many of you love the Taylor Hawkins podcast episode. I know I did. I just listened to it recently. So, I'm very proud of it. But not because uh, I, I wish I hadn't. I, I That's not something you want to record. So, because I think we would all like him to still be here we would very that is, that is such a loss we're all mourning together and we have to celebrate we have to celebrate the music and we have to celebrate the films that he was in and that documentary back and forth from 2011 actually won the Foo Fighters a Grammy as they were making their album uh, what is it uh, was it Chasing Light you know, with that song Rope and, uh, oh God, One of These Days, that's such a great song. <sighs> yeah, so let's all just exhale, relax, unpleasant dreams. <laughs>